Jackie Lockie, your financial planning maestro. This series of podcasts is aimed at financial planning professionals and also those who are looking to enter the financial planning profession. We will be talking during the podcast about all things certified financial planner certification related, talking to other CFPs around the world, and also we will be dropping in on some new entrants who've just entered the financial planning profession, and we'll be checking up along the way on a regular basis with them to see how they're getting on. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Jackie Lockie, your financial planning maestro, and welcome to today's podcast. And in today's podcast, I am talking to a very interesting and very special guest, and that is Matthew Wong from Santorini Financial Planning. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Very good, very good. Now, we are here to talk all things Certified Financial Planner with you, aren't we? Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) And we've got lots to talk about, all things Certified Financial Planner related with you. Um, So we're just going to dive straight in and uh, get into the conversation, talking about the highs and lows of your your fairly lengthy journey, uh, I might say, (laughs) to Certified Financial Planner and and also then after that, we're going to move on and talk about, you know, the takeaways, you know, the valuable bits that you have learned from the process and things that you will be carrying forward to, uh, you know, to help your clients in uh, as the months and years roll by. Um, so I'm going to ask you straight away to tell us about how you found out about the CFP and why you decided to undertake this certification. Okay, well... I'm not sure I can remember quite that far back. So um, <laughs> that tells you a, a lot, really. Um, so I probably really discovered financial planning as we know it back in my early-ish days as a financial advisor when I kind of realised that I didn't like the transactional, 100% sort of transactional nature of where I was working. So I was kind of looking for something a little bit different. So I, was, I thought there must be more to the job than just you know, selling pensions and ice and stuff. So I, I just I just thought there's got to be a different way to do it. And I, I don't know quite how I stumbled across it, but there must have been somebody I met at a conference or something who was a certified financial planner. I'd not even heard at that point w- what it was. So I obviously looked into it a little bit more carefully. And that was when, obviously, the good old days, it was the IFP back then. So, um, you know, we're going back quite a way now. So probably sort of mid-2000s, I was you know, looking at trying to find something that was a bit more, I don't know, interesting really to, for the job because it, you know, doing the transactional stuff, it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty boring really after, after a while. And, yeah, and you think, yeah. well, you know, I got into this job to help people to live, you know, their lives better with the money and you're, all you're doing is transactional stuff. So, so we're going back a good, what, 17 years probably when I first, discovered about the CFP and then it took me well, I think by the time I set my business up in 2010 at the end of then that was really when I was looking into it and uh, I think by sort of 2012 I'd been on the I think it was the integrated financial planning course that the IFP yes. ran yeah uh, and actually I went on that course with Dan Atkinson who's now at Paradigm Norton who's who recently got CFP as well so we've probably Indeed. taken the same time to get to the, <laughs> to the same point but it is probably less traumatic than mine but um yeah so we did 
probably waited a few years, I reckon, after that to actually really get into it. And then that was back in the day when you had to do a, I think it was a multiple choice exam. No, in fact, there was, I think there was a different exam before that. And then there was a multiple yes. choice exam. There was the old principles. The yeah, that was planning, one. Wasn't there? Yeah, that I was think it. I had one stab at that. I went down to London, got absolutely drenched in the rain, sat a three-hour exam, soaking wet, and came out of it utterly miserable, I think. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so that was good fun. So um, then did the multiple-choice exam, passed that, went on to the uh, Level 6 case study, which would have been around about 2018, I think I did that, or started that. Yeah. Um, so I went on a CRISI course in Chester, so there's quite a few of us on this course. I think all of us, everybody who did one submission, and I think I was the only one who went beyond that. So that probably tells you a bit about sort of the drop off of, of numbers. I think people yeah. took, did the first submission were completely, utterly shocked about how badly they'd done. And that was it and left it and never went back again. But no. um, I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. So I continued, did three submissions and didn't get it and then of course it all changed again yeah so then I had to do another exam <laughs> so another three-hour exam wearing a mask for three hours because it was during lockdown oh god so that was good fun and then started the back end of 2020 I think is when I got the level seven got case today yeah and then obviously did two attempts at that and passed end of last year so Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's probably nobody more delighted than me than you, I think. Oh, actually, we're past <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it's been a long, long, hard road. Yeah, um, it has been, hasn't it? And a long, hard road. And you know, and you follow my journey pretty closely throughout, so you yeah. know pretty much. I mean, there's been probably more downs than ups. Yeah. Um, and there, there's been points where, you know, I thought I'm just going to, jacket in and there's actually some points where I just thought you know am I actually good enough to be even doing this and you th- you know you sort of get filled with self-doubt and then you sort of knock yourself around the head a bit and just think okay well there's a reason you're doing this because you want to be good at your job and you want to prove to people and to myself you know that I'm capable of doing yeah. it so I just yeah. stuck at it and stuck at it and stuck, stuck at, at it, it. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and obviously got help from from yourself you know I hired you and I used um you know Steve Martin's FP Academy to on their course and you know to be honest I don't think I'd have got where I am today if I hadn't you know done that so you know I mean it's just it's it's just such a huge undertaking um uh and it does you know it can be it can be quite a lonely period (laughs) as well um there's so much work involved but it's you know now I'm back out the other end of it I'm just thinking I'm just so glad I stuck at it um you know it was kind of worth yeah. it all in the end wasn't yeah, it yeah absolutely um, all the pain you know it's it it wasn't much fun and there's quite a lot of sacrifices um expense and time yeah. <laughs> getting it done but it's yeah definitely worth it in the end <laughs> you're like the like a dog with a bone aren't you Once yeah you've unfortunately got yeah, that's the thing I don't like to I don't like to be defeated so um yeah yeah, no way that was going to go. No, it was, that was not going to happen. There was absolutely no way I was going to give it up. Um, <laughs> even though there was points, you know, I felt really low and you just think, okay, this this is not going to beat me. I am going to win and conquer this. And, of course, did in the end. But it's, yeah. 
Yeah. So tell us about the some of the aspects of it that you found the hardest, perhaps, that, um, you know, you kind of had to rethink. Were there aspects that you had to rethink the way, rethink your approach? Or, you know, was it a case of how you explain things that the assessors didn't like? What what was happening? I mean, there was quite a combination of things. I think, I mean, your favourite thing is talking about assumptions and it's about absolutely nailing those and why you've chosen them even down to you know things that you might need such as annuity rates or life expectancy you can all well you know say oh the life expectancy is going to be you know 100 but then you've got to say well why you know what's your reasoning for it why are you choosing these annuity rates based on what factors you know you're using joint life annuities or level or indexed and you've got to thoroughly explain all those bits and I think the trouble is you you go into the case study thinking you know a lot of things and you think well I know it so surely the assessors will know it and of course if you don't put it down or don't explain it then you know yeah I think the problem is a lot of people underestimate (laughs) what is needed to go in it and I certainly did I thought well I'm pretty good at a job I know what I'm talking about and and it just completely takes you by surprise I think but um yeah but it's you know, it does make you think, mm. makes you think really, you know, and the and the case studies are, you know, certainly a lot more complex than the level six ones. It's really, you know, there's so much to, to include and quite a lot of the assumptions are now given for you as well. So, you know, actually make it easy for you in a way. Um, yes. But, you know, you've got, you've got to completely nail the assumptions, I think, before you do too much else in it. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that was my problem and I think that's where you sort of pulled me upon, you know, okay the body of the the work is quite good but then there's just big gaps in your assumptions and yeah they all lead on to everything else and that's um yeah. and that was a that was a sort of a big eye opener for me and i also think you know just your excel skills as well i mean i'm i use excel a lot but i've never used them for you know doing future values and present values and you have to do Yes, kind of a mini cash flow and all of that. <laughs> going yeah. Back, yeah, going backwards and forwards with, you, you know, your pension calculations and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's where the assumptions come in, isn't it? Because yeah. if if you've got your, your assumptions, as we've talked about, if, if you've got that nailed down, yeah. then it makes, okay, the, the Excel spreadsheet build isn't an easy thing to do either. No. But it does make it easier because you know what numbers you're plugging in if your assumptions are nailed down. Whereas if if neither are nailed down, then you've got too many moving parts, I think. Yeah, and there's an awful lot of bits in there. Um, you know, if you get your figures wrong, you'll need to change them. You have to completely rewrite the report, which makes it, you know, very difficult. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you, you, when it's 60 pages and you're having to try to find all the figures that you're, you're looking at. Yeah, and I think that that is one of the trickiest things. I know that um, Joanna Hay, uh, Joanna Hay, Joanna Redmond, as she is now, yes. um, she was saying on the the Christmas edition of the podcast that that actually one of the one of her tips was for you know still a significant number of people fail their first attempt, uh, their first submission for their financial plan, and she was saying you know try and find a way to highlight the changes that you're making yeah. in the second and perhaps third submissions because a lot of people don't they just kind of add in more words yeah and it's still quite hard for the assessor to find what's changed yes i mean i, I certainly went through with um our highlighter 
on on mine just went through all the text that I knew was variable um so all the calculations and figures and just went through it and made sure every time I dub- and double checked and treble checked <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure but you know you change one thing on one of the spreadsheets and then it you know just filters through so you have to be really really yeah. careful yeah. because you've got to make sure it all adds up again at the end so uh, and that's right and it's really easy isn't it to leave yeah. a figure in that you've written into the text mm. when you've changed your spreadsheet so your spreadsheets are correct it's just that then your text doesn't completely reflect only partially yeah. reflects what you've then you know resubmitted which is in your partly partly where i went wrong the first time because i think i'd changed some of the spreadsheets and it, they weren't didn't correlate with the um with the text <laughs> yes yeah yeah and i think it's it you know it's also that that kind of race to the end in the last few weeks as well where you you know when you're creating the plan, you're putting quite a lot of pressure on yourself. I mean, everybody is, not not just you, but yeah. everybody is, aren't they, to try and make it the best that it can be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it is it is definitely a race against time. I think human nature is that we tend to leave things to the last minute anyway, so that never helps. I mean, I did make a quite an early start on it, but I mean, I was, you know, that actually during the first submission wasn't a great time for me personally anyway, because I had my mum in hospital who was actually... Um, dying at that point so oh, you know I'd yeah. I probably shouldn't have even done the first mission but you know, I, I did it anyway even there though we it was go again with the yeah. and bone. <laughs> I did it anyway and um you know and it's sort of the period afterwards wasn't wasn't great either no. so you know um but we had sort of lockdowns and, and what have you so it was a it was a good opportunity to actually do it and you know I locked myself away in a, a room and family left me alone for quite a bit and managed to get it done but it was you know it's it is extremely time consuming yeah I think Um, you know you can't underestimate the time I think yeah I I mean I I dread to think how many hours it (laughs) I I, I didn't count (laughs) (laughs) let alone hours you know we're talking about months and yeah months and months have sort of disappeared but you know it is a challenge you know there's there's a reason why there's only you know just under a thousand cfps in in the country is because it's extremely hard to do Uh, and not everybody's got the time or the inclination or or whatever to do it and um you know i'm quite lucky my kids are not quite as young as they were when i first was embarking on it and you know you can leave them alone for a few hours now where they can entertain themselves where when they were young you couldn't so you know it's it's certainly been made easier with that but you know when you're trying to run a business as well and and all that that goes along with it and coach football teams and what have you yeah. it's um there's not not, not many spare hours in the day so. no no that's it i think you you know after all these years that we've known each other mm. i think you're you're probably my my proudest achievement <laughs> well thank you <laughs> yes i'm probably 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 the surprise i'm st- still um still sane really but yeah, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I just, it, I, when you know, when you told me that you'd passed, I mean, I was just absolutely jumping up and down, dancing <laughs> around the kitchen and everything, just as I'm sure that you were as well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still on, you know, still on a bit of cloud nine really now thinking about it. It hasn't, I, you know, probably hasn't completely sunk in until I see all the, you know, look at the certificates and the little gold badges you get from yeah. CRSI. And it just, you know, you know, the fact that I could now call myself a, you know, chartered wealth manager and certified financial planner and got, you know, letters after my name and yeah, it all looks great. And, you know, that's when you think, you know, I'm proud of what I've done. It's, yeah. it's been difficult, but 
yeah. Well, you should absolutely be rightly proud of yourself. Um, So let's looking back, you know, what are the things, are there any aspects of going through that process that have, you know, it's helped you change your business or improve your business or perhaps challenge the way that, you know, you apply some of that knowledge in real life, giving advice to clients now? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, uh, when we speak to clients about, well, and speak to clients about life expectancy, you know, a lot of them say, well, you know, my mum and dad died when they were in the 60s or, or 70s and, you know, we're probably not going to live that much longer. And, and you say, but, you know, on average, clients, uh, you know, people are living an awful lot longer and they don't, you know, a lot of people don't realise that. You know, they're not all necessarily away. So there's, you know, there's people being born now that are going to live well into the hundreds. You know, there's a good chance you may reach a hundred. Okay, you like your quality of life and health may not be not be great, but you know, you're probably going to live in retirement for twenty or thirty years, maybe even you know forty years, and you've yeah. got to plan accordingly. You know, you're not, you know, yeah, you might not live as long as you you think, but you have to plan on that basis that you're going to. So you know, for some people, it's a a bit of a shock when you <laughs> when you tell them that you know your, your retirement is going to last nearly as long as your working life and they, yeah. you know they don't realize that so yeah and that's been a huge change hasn't it yeah. those kinds of conversations over the last 20 years or so yeah absolutely yeah um you know and you're talking about um you know a lot of people don't understand their simple things like state pension benefits and how much they're going to be worth and you know what an annuity might look like and you know how that might compare against drawdown a lot of all these things that you have to do in the case study you know a lot of them are you know it's all real life stuff okay the case study itself isn't isn't particularly real life in the way it's done because you wouldn't cover all mm. those subjects all in one go you know you'd cover them off bit by bit but you know there's an awful lot of information and that you have to pass on to a client that has to come from some kind of realistic source. You know, you, yeah. you, you can't you can't say to clients, "Yeah, you're only going to live five years in retirement. What are you going to do?" It's you know, it's all it's all very different, and you have you know you have to use some real life examples. Yeah, as Back well, to our not just again, evidence. Yeah, <laughs> Back to the assumptions, and you know, they are they are real. You know, you, you can't um, you know, inflation is is a big one. I mean, most people don't understand how inflation works in retirement, and you. Um, you have to show them and you have to be realistic you know I always tend to err slightly on the conservative side with with my assumptions anyway just because you know it, it just makes the probably the plan a bit more realistic you don't want to give too many high hopes but you also want to make it realistic and not not put them off either so yeah um, it's a difficult you know, balance isn't yeah, it it's is a difficult to... balance yeah um yeah. but you know the, you, you need to show how certainly with cash flow modeling how long your money's going to last you know, during your lifetime. And, you know, if you are talking about a 30 or 40 year retirement, that's probably going to require quite a lot of money. So it's, yeah. um, you know, yeah. it's in some people, you know, you know, as we, you know, an awful lot of people completely underestimate what they may need, or they may have already got to that point where they've got enough and just don't understand. So, you know, yeah. that's why. Where, where and you do you think that going through the CFP has helped you, you know, clarify your thoughts when you're talking with clients, you know, about the impact of, you know, as you said, if you do some of their, tackle some of their objectives now and leave some of them 
um, yeah. you know, perhaps for the next review in six months or whatever, mm-hmm. if they're not as important. Does it help? Has the process helped you be more mindful of the impact of the advice that you're giving? Because I know, remember when you said you were, uh, you know, just before the days of, of mm. CFP that you were, you know, like on your conveyor belt, giving advice yeah. on products. And then you're really not thinking about the, no. the longer term impact of that, are you? Whereas no, obviously I mean, with yeah, exactly. financial planning, it's yeah. probably more like you are. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I like to think now that, you know, since I set my business at the time, I'm not a transactional IFA. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, we yeah. are delving deep and everything you do has an impact on somewhere down the line with something else. So, you know, if, if clients are plowing all their money into pensions investments, then they may not have the cash that they need to do now to do other things. And it's all, everything's a balancing act. Um, you know, and when you're in transactional IFA world, none of that really matters, does it? So, it's, no. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you know, you're really working for your employer and you're trying to, you know, you meet sales targets and all that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, when you're properly planning for a client and, you know, the, the amount of information that you need from a client before you even get to the stage of product recommendation is so far down the line now, yeah. um, you know, you probably meet three or four times before you even get get to that sort of transactional stage. So you, you're really looking, I think, so much more deep in, you know, the impact of, you know, maybe things like gifts that you probably never even considered back in, <laughs> you know, 15 years ago about, yeah. you know, and helping grandchildren out and actually looking at spending plans. So it's not just about saving investment. Well, you know, I have a few clients that I have to actively encourage to spend their money because, or give it away or whatever, because I've just got too much. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, I would have probably got sacked for doing that 15 years ago. So, <laughs> um, you know, um, well, that's a whole but, different ball game, isn't it? Yeah. With clients who've got too much money, but yeah. um, you know, an ever increasing problem, perhaps. Yeah. I guess particularly for boomers, is it? Or have you got? Yeah, other I mean, who... yeah, I mean, the most, you know, these. I say a lot, you know, a lot of those clients I've got are in the 60s and early 70s. So you know, they they some of them are quite fortunate. They've got very nice final salary pensions coming in, and you know, they've acquired money from tax-free cash and sale of businesses and you know yeah. they've done very well for themselves may have even inherited in their lifetime as well um you know so they've got more money that they than they can spend you know mo- most of them don't you know they don't want a luxury lifestyle they just want to have a, a nice life and be comfortable and be able to help the kids and grandkids out and yeah and have you seen you know in the pandemic have you seen a change in those kinds of clients trying to help their adult children more or perhaps, you know, generally your clients? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's a lot of them are more mindful. I think it's, you know, it's increasingly difficult to get on the um, housing ladder now. I think the average yeah. age of a first-time buyer is almost in the 40s now, which is, you know. Oh, wow, didn't realise Yeah, that really happened. scary. So, you know, um, I think, you know, they've, I've got quite a... You know, I've got quite a few clients that have even got, you know, grown-up children that are actually in the 30s and 40s that are still helping them out now, but they're probably more keen to help them out because they realise actually we've got enough money to for ourselves. You know, why why should our kids have to wait 20 or 30 years to inherit it? Let's, you know, let's help them now while they really need it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know if they need to deposit for a house or, or whatever it is, then, yeah. you know, we've got quite a few clients that actually got, um, some of the kids are going through like career changes and retraining as teachers and things like that who you know have needed help with that training and have provided for that so there's quite a few things and I think 
you know, certainly with the pandemic, a lot of people have completely reviewed their needs. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people have realised that can spend an awful lot less. Yeah, you know, reviewed their lives in, in yeah, totality. Well, I, mean, I think yeah, a lot of people have you know, yeah, you know, massively about you know maybe people uh, are realising you need less tangible um, things and maybe would rather spend money on experiences and. Yes. Yeah, things like that. Doing so, nice things together yeah. and making great memories. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So well, filling the house with junk. Yes. <laughs> Bulging at the seams. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it, how, you know, you've been working with a lot of your clients for quite a long time, haven't mm. you? And yeah, yeah. are you, you know, have you seen a change in them as they've kind of understood more about financial planning as well? How they've kind yeah. of been, you know, they get their own light bulb moment, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it's... I certainly think when you know, when you you know you're suddenly telling a client that you know they can spend more money, they're not expecting that. No. You know, I think when they first see you, they're, they're saying to you, you know, they're expecting you to to sell them products. I mean, let's be honest, that's you know the kind of reputation that that we that we have yeah, is that yeah. that's what they think. So they're all they're always on the back foot when when they first meet you, and they probably don't really trust you. So um, you know, so I think you know when you actually point out these things and actually they, they you know they might be able to retire early or or you know cut back on work or they might be able to spend more on holidays you know suddenly all of a sudden you know so certainly a few of them are their eyes light up and you're thinking great you know because we've got a few clients that love international travel and going on cruises and long-haul flights and you know you know when you say to them you know you could probably afford another one of those a year and they know that they've probably got another what five or ten years of really good health, or probably in, in front of them where they're active enough to do that. You know, that's that's life changing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and when they probably thought they haven't got enough to live on, and you tell them actually you can fit another holiday in a year, or you can retire early, or give some money away. You know, that's not what they're expecting. So. No. And I can imagine that in 2022, those clients, you'll probably be barely in the country, will they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how I manage it, but I've got two or three clients that managed to have about four or five holidays during 2020 and a few last year. I mean, how they got managed to get away, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, there's a few that went on cruises and, and all sorts. So, I mean, that was wow. a, must yeah. been an interesting challenge. But, um, yeah, I've got a few that are will be fully booked up with holidays this year. <laughs> to squeeze in their annual yeah, review. as many meeting. as they can, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so we are nearly out of time today already. Um, I don't know where the time goes talking to you, Matthew. <laughs> I could talk to you all day. Um, but let's bring it back to the CFP. You know, we've got quite yes. a few people in the community who are thinking of doing the CFP or maybe... Um, you know, maybe doing it in 2022, yeah. getting themselves organised. Do you have any tips or hints for those people perhaps sitting on the fence and maybe we're trying to push them off to get doing it? Um, any tips that you might want to pass on? Yeah, I think, well, from with what is coming out with the qualifications, you know, now looking at a chartered financial planner um, designation and chartered firm designation, I think they're huge plus points. Yeah. Um, you know, that matches you know, with the Chartered Financial Planner, that, that sort of status, I mean, obviously it's level seven rather than level six, which is, so it's actually one above, but I think, you know, that's a great thing for for people to achieve. Um, that's certainly one of the things that attracted it to me and that's obviously an added bonus, I think, 
with what what's coming out yeah. with that as well at the moment. So that's you know that's something great to aim for. Um, but I think you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do the CFP, you've got to take it seriously. I think um, you know there's I know quite a lot of people who thought it was going to be a walk in the park and it isn't. So you really don't underestimate the challenge. But you know I think the rewards at the end of it are absolutely worth it. Um, you know you've, you've got to set the time aside. There's no doubt about that. You might need to set a bit of money aside. I mean, I certainly would. Um, you know, I was probably at my wits end when I first contacted you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you calmed me down and put them in the right direction. And, you know, that was invaluable. So I would definitely, you know, you've got to get help. I think uh, you, yeah. you definitely need some mentoring. It's not something that you can do on your own very easy. There's a lot of good people out there, um, you know, that can help. I would yeah. say, you know... I don't think I would have got through it without you or doing the FP um, training course. So yeah. um, I think there are must, you, you've got to be prepared, you know, to, to get help. There's nothing wrong with seeking help or getting mentorship. There's plenty of people out there that will do it. Um, uh, well, yeah. So I think, you know, just don't underestimate it, get help, set plenty of time and, and a bit of money aside and the rewards are, are worth it in the end. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I definitely echo all of that. Yeah. And you are a testament to um, <laughs> setting the time aside and also that it, that it is worth it. And, um, you know, it's been a pleasure to work with you over the last few years um, and to uh, to see you achieve your goals. Um, and also, obviously, the ultimate benefit for your for your clients, happy, yeah, happier absolutely. clients, perhaps, yes, yes. And, um, and a happier you. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and quite a lot of my clients, you know, uh, we're really happy when I got it you know they know know what I've been through to to get it a lot of them so you know and you know it's, it's it probably makes them feel better more comfortable as well knowing that you know there's somebody who's prepared to go all out to improve themselves you know which can only benefit them so yeah yeah absolutely absolutely Matthew it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you thanks very much for joining us today thank you Jackie my pleasure I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It's really interesting, isn't it, to listen to other people's points of view about different things, all relating to our wonderful financial planning profession. If you know anyone who might be interested in listening to any of these podcasts, please pass on our details to them. So that's it from me. Join me again next time when we'll be talking all things Certified Financial Planner related and also dropping in on our new entrance to the financial planning profession. Bye for now.